everybody and welcome to Water or Wine Time with Megan Weaver, Love, Life, and Entertainment. I have the actress Linda King here today. She's an actress, model, fashion blogger, and my dear friend who I haven't seen in so long. I know. It's been forever. Yeah. So I'm glad that I was actually able to get you on the show today because we can catch up and see and tell everybody your experiences because I don't even know everything when it comes to your, you know, what you're doing right now with your fashion, your just your entertainment, your business out here, and how you've been hustling out here. Because everybody has their own unique hustle. Yes. And in this entertainment business, that's why I'm doing this podcast for those that are listening for the first time, to learn about experiences, learn about those that are in the business, learn how to get in it, how they're able to maintain, and what they're doing. So now you're doing your fashion blogging. You've also done national commercials. (laughs) And the one that I remember... Is when you had the head. Oh gosh, a hamster. <laughs> the um, hamster head. Yeah, I. The funniest part is that when I actually auditioned for that, it was uh, at it was through MTV. Uh, it was a MTV promo uh, for Kia, and my character itself was supposed to. When I auditioned for it, I was supposed to reveal that I'm this girl, and I'm supposed to like wave out my like just blow out my hair and just be this hot girl afterwards. And then uh, Kia said that no, they're doing this thing where they want to keep it this hamster theme because that's what they were rolling with and uh, to keep the head on at all times. And um, I was like, well, how are they, how's anyone supposed to know that that's me? And uh, they were, they're not supposed to anymore. So um, that was kind of funny because that was like one of the first things I did when I first moved out here to LA was to play a hamster, one of those hamsters on those Kia commercials. But those, I mean, that commercial ran for a long time. Uh, so now yeah, you can yeah. tell people, like, I'm the hamster. And I'm like, hey, guys, I tell my friends, I know the hamster. I know that The girl hamster. hamster. The girl yeah. hamster. Yeah. I know her. <laughs> oh, gosh, that's so long time ago. <laughs> it's funny, but, I mean, it's a commercial. When you see certain commercials, like, you remember them. Yes, Or exactly. you're like, okay, um, certain commercials, they stand out. Yeah. You know? So you stood out as a girl hamster. Thank you. Thank Kudos you so much. Kudos to you. Kudos. <laughs> so tell me now about your fashion that you're doing, your fashion blog. You know, that's a new thing that you're starting. Yes. I just okay. actually started... What's today's date? Today is the... The 6th. Uh, the 6th. Wow. Uh, my very first blog was actually on the 7th of last month. Uh, Happy started, anniversary. Yeah, thank you so much. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's called Kangthropology. It's uh, like Anthropology, the store, but with my last name, Kang. And um, I started it exactly a month ago. I was... <clears throat> I I think it's fashion has always kind of been a part of my life. And um, I, I was talking to my sister. I was having like one of those another breakdown crisis like what am I doing uh what am I doing in my life and how is my acting and everything how am I supposed to support myself and my sister was like all right pull yourself together um what do you love to do what are you good at and how can you possibly make money and I was like well I love to shop online shopping I love it I'm good at it and she was like okay great well aren't there like fashion bloggers out there why don't you just start blogging about these great sales that you always tell me about um, sample sales that you, something that costs $500, but yet you got it for 20. Like, you know, none of us actually know where these sample sales are. How did you find out about it? And she's like, why don't you just blog about these fashion conquests that you do or that, that you've had? And I said, you're right. And that night, literally, that was on September 6th, exactly mm-hmm. a month, month ago today. And, um, I bought the domain. And I wrote my first blog and I, or my first post and I put it up. Wow. That reminds me of, um, what's the book? Cause there's a, 
The girl power. Is it girl power? Uh, are you talking about bo- a boss girl? Boss girl. Is it is girl it boss? boss? Girl boss. Girl boss. Yes. So, okay. Because uh, I was nasty like, gal. Nasty gal. Yeah. Like, I remember yeah, yeah. reading that book and it was right. like a similar kind of, right. you know, story to it. You know, where that was like where her idea was her love of fashion and then it kind of delved into something, you know, what it is today. Right. Yeah. Like now it's like her empire. It, and it's insane. Like I, I was just <laughs> actually my latest post that I just put up this morning um, is about Nasty Gal. I was shopping on Nasty Gal last night and I was just like everything I kept putting in my imaginary cart because uh, mama needs to save money. Mm-hmm. Um, everything I was putting in my imaginary cart happens so to be these gorgeous capes and they were all majority of them were all under a hundred dollars and so i love the fact that she has these ideas these great styles and uh like like nasty gal like zara they know somehow to to make these um great fashion items for a very affordable price Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah now how do you feel because i I know it before we started the podcast we were talking about you know how you got into it or was it because of auditioning and in your wardrobe. Uh, yeah. So um, I go. I <laughs> this is kind of funny. So I like to buy clothes and then uh, say that it's audition wardrobe because it is. Because half the time I end up wearing it to an audition of some sort. Uh, and most auditions these days, especially commercial, they want people who are real you they want to see you who you are what's your sense how you go into it yes it might be you playing a mom you playing a receptionist you playing um a a waitress a sales clerk whatever but it's still in essence you and that's what they want to see and so i was bringing a lot of my own fashion sense into these auditions and um that's as the collections kind of gathered i mean obviously we're actresses we don't make a gazillion dollars so Mm -hmm. How can you shop uh, savvy, uh, fashion savvy, uh, uh, price savvy, and uh, still look great? And it was just from that concept, and it just started uh, the collection. My wardrobe collection got bigger and bigger, but yet I would always wear these cute stuff, and people would be like, where did you get it? Mm. And um, yeah, I, I walked into an audition on Sunday, and the first thing the lady said to me was like, I love your shoes. And uh, I actually uh, will be blogging about that soon, too. All right. Maybe that's like a booking right there. You it's know? Not, well, actually, I did book. It's, oh. I'm shooting it on Thursday. Oh, okay. <laughs> so there you go. You go there into you an go. audition with some bomb shoes. Exactly. And then and the casting director is like, I love those shoes. Like, ding. Yeah, yeah. So I actually I found out yesterday that I booked and I'm shooting on Thursday. So Good. Yeah. That's actually going to go into my next question, too. You know when you go in for auditions mm-hmm. and then you leave? Have you ever had that feeling like, I know I booked it, and then you book it, or even vice versa? Oh, all the time. You know, because sometimes I feel like maybe you go in, and then you're like, oh, I didn't book it, and then you do. Like, how do you, what are those buzzwords, or how do you know when you book it or when you don't? I think, uh, I've been out here now for, in Los Angeles for six years. Uh, in the beginning, you know, you're you're eager, you're hungry, and you take everything personally uh, when you book or when you don't book. And I think as years have gone by, um, I think now I'm at a place to where I just let it go. I think that's the best advice I can give anyone. And I know it's so hard because you can't help it. You can't help but be like, oh, I know I nailed it. I killed it. I felt so good. It was so genuine. It was me, 110%. And it might be anything. Like, mm-hmm. it could be anything. It could be your your – the casting director loved you, but – 
the director didn't. Or it could be, you know what, we love her, we love her look, but right now she's just not, you know, this is not the right part for her. Uh, it could be a number of things, and it, you will drive yourself insane thinking about that. So I think now I'm at a point where I think if you have something, that's why kind of the, once again, back to fashion blogging. Have something else on the side that drives you, that feeds you, but that you're not completely 110% relying on acting. Because once that becomes, like, if I don't book this and I can't make rent, I can't feed myself, whatever, that desperateness, it, 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 you can't help it. It, it. It's like seeping out of your skin and they can see it. Let that go. You you are doing your best the minute you walk in and you are just yourself and you walk out, you leave yourself and then just let it be. Mm-hmm. I, it sounds so like zen and, oh, of course, you, you know, you meditate and you get to that level. No, I think it just, it's it's been six years. Like, trust me, it took a while, a lot of breakdowns, <laughs> yeah. but eventually you just let it go. And I, because of that mentality, I was telling you, I've been on a veil four times this month. More big commercials. And, um, yeah, it's because you just let it go. That's and let's say. just say what um, – define what a veil is, just for those oh, that are so listening. Sorry. Yeah, yes. they don't know what oh, that means. Sorry. So you – normally how an audition works is that you, you go in – most processes are like this. Not saying all of them. Most of the time, it's you go in for an audition. After the audition, you have a callback. Usually, it's just one callback. Occasionally, very rarely, you may have two callbacks. That's usually in the case of maybe more theatrical stuff. And then uh, if they if the, if they like you as an – uh, they want to put you on hold, uh, but hold is a different entity in the union world. Uh, let's go back to avail. So avail just means we want to hold on to you. You are our top two, our top three, top five choice, whatever it is. It's usually top two. Uh, you're one of our top two or three choices, mm-hmm. and um, they just they like you, and then they just have you on hold so that you are available for those dates that they are shooting. Um, now say if you are, uh, you, you, you're busy and you are on a veil on a lot of stuff, your agent, usually if you have an agent, they then say, okay, well, she's also on a veil on another project. Then I need first avail. First avail means I have first choice, first dibs on having you. And then that usually means that you, chances are you, you, it's more likely that you're booked. Not saying that's a hundred percent cause I don't ever want to give people saying like, Cause I've also booked and then been, <laughs> I've booked and then been cut out. So, uh, the day of my fitting. So don't, until you're on set and filming, nothing is guaranteed. Yeah. Until you sign something <laughs> and it's now yours and you're on set. Yeah. Yeah. No, even then, trust me, like I've been, I've heard of horror stories where people got on set and then some, they found out there was a conflict and they're, on set, ready to film, and they're like, "Nope, peace out, thanks." So, it's a, it's a tough business. Yeah, definitely, definitely. <laughs> you got to be strong. Tough skin and tough then, skin. Yeah. yeah. Now, do you actually enjoy the audition process? I didn't in the beginning. I think in the beginning, because of the fact that I, I was so green, I was, I, I was so desperate. I, I felt like I needed, like, as if that was like my validation mm-hmm. to who I am as an actor. Uh, because of that, I didn't enjoy it as much. Now I do. Now I don't mind because it's, 
be grateful. There are people out there that don't even have the opportunity. They don't even have an audition. Be grateful that you're even going out and show up. It's so funny because I was talking to my commercial agent actually, and he was saying like, the hardest thing is that we actually come across is getting our actors to show up for an audition. How insane is that? You're constantly, do you know how many people like complain? Oh, I, I don't ever go out. And yet here you are, you're given an audition and you don't show up. Like I get mm. there's emergencies or whatever, but there are a lot of people who are just like, man, I don't, I don't want to drive out there. I don't want to do it. And at that baffles me. Um, no, but I, I've come to love it because you can only get better. Practice makes perfect. This is our profession. There are people, say you're a real estate agent. You're driving around showing different houses. People don't buy. Well, that happens. But you have to drive out there and you have to show them houses mm-hmm. in order to have the opportunity. That's what these are. And, the, and you only get better. You, only can, you can only get better with your job if you do it. And no matter how big the, the project is, big or small, it's an opportunity. And... It actually, the smaller the project, the more you're even at ease about it. Do you notice mm-hmm. that? Mm-hmm. Like, like some, sometimes I'm like, eh, well, it's only paying X amount. It's a low budget. Eh, I don't really care. And I, I do the best work mm-hmm. because I stopped giving myself that pressure of I need to book it in order to, I don't know. It's like that sense of desperation. Yeah, exactly. You're not, you're more relaxed. You're more at ease. You yeah. don't feel like oh, I got to gotta do great. It's like, yeah. okay, that's, ooh, that's a little weird. Right, like Strange. you're trying so hard to impress them when, and that's when all the six years of, of acting classes, it's you are good enough, and I can't, ex- you are good enough. You yourself, that's who they want to see. And it could be of any capacity. Don't be like, oh, but I'm not tall enough, I'm not pretty enough, I'm not skinny enough, I'm not whatever. No, there is, there's a look that you are fit, a role that you are fit for, and uh, it's just a matter of going through and finding it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So tell me, what is the most, uh, I guess you're, the best time that you've had on set? What was that experience like? Oh, gosh. Uh, I was on this uh, kind of like a indie web series project. It was called Why I Hate Bitsy Malone, and it was the most it, we just all had such a fun time mm. being on set. It was everybody was joking, well, constantly cracking jokes. Um, everyone got along. Nobody was being um, a diva, or and uh, I still keep in touch with a couple of those people. But it was just there was just so much fun. Everybody was just nice. There was <laughs> no ego, and um, I, I I I loved being on set. I mm. couldn't wait to go back. And be called in. I was just like, okay, we're shooting for three weeks. Uh, I can't wait for it for it to be my day to go on set and then just be with everyone and laugh. Um, those are the best because it's like you're being paid, but to have a good time. Yeah, I, I remember you talking about that project. Yeah, I remember that project. So as soon as you said, I was like, I remember those yeah. days. Yeah, that's good. It's really good to be refreshing. And then, okay, on the flip side, yeah. <laughs> so you know what's always the good side. Like, yeah. You know, what was the best time? Now, what was the worst? Um, the worst is when, uh, and yeah. it could be even a diva or a diva or maybe even a director or someone that you worked with that made you dread and say, "I don't want to go back to this project." Or you I know, mean, you're still going to finish it, but you're still right the experience. Uh, no, the I mean, I think 
I actually haven't had anything like horrible, mm-hmm. but one of my not as better times, uh, we all do it. We've done background mm-hmm. and I, I remember I was doing background on set and, um, it was, it was freezing, uh, but we had to pretend like it was, everybody else had coats for some reason. I was the person chosen to not have a coat mm. and they, they just, I, I think it was just unorganized. Uh, the director wanted to extend longer. We went into double overtime. I just, it was just cold. We weren't really being fed. Little stuff like that. And that's why I feel like sometimes being, you know, when you're on union sets, that's why it, you avoid those. They they help you avoid those things. There is craft services. But it was like we were always like at one ready to go. And uh, you didn't have time to be, to go back to holding to get warm you know to warm yourself up um yeah i think it's when when you don't get to eat when you're hungry Mm. and you're cold uh i think that's that's the worst yeah for me if i'm hungry that's a problem yeah you get hangry i get hangry i get very hangry yeah so if it's any situation that involves being me being hangry that's a bad time for me so i would not yeah (laughs) in any situation set you know in personal life, yeah. in anything. So yeah. hangry, I could see why that's the worst. It yeah. is. Yeah, you just just feed us. That's all. It's not yeah. much. Just feed us. If you feed me, it yeah. won't be half bad. No, exactly. I don't I'll do it's most people are just they're nicer people in yeah. general when I when think fed. I'm great. You know, I think I'm a very nice person. Yeah. Exactly. When I'm in, fed. Gen- exactly. in general. Exactly. So in general. feed me. You're yeah. even a nicer exactly. person. Exactly. Don't feed me then well. Exactly. Yeah. I and mean, it was just because I think cause it wasn't even like, oh, we're not fed. It was just like an extended. Extended period of time. Extended period of time. And then the, yeah, it was, you know, the the DP, I think, wasn't like coordinating well with the director. <laughs> mm. And so we just kept going longer and longer. He kept wanting to do more shots. And it was like, okay, but now we're going overtime. Meal penalties. I was like, <sighs> Yeah. It's like the check is going up a little bit. Yeah, but not enough. But not enough. Not so enough. It's like, yeah. Oh, okay. I can I can deal with this. Yeah. Considering especially after tax and you get it and you're like Hmm. Yeah. But by then you if you fed yourself, I think you should be okay. Yeah. Yeah. Now I know going back, I know you were saying that there was a moment you called was it your sister? Yes. Your sister. And you're just like frustrated. Yes. That's happened business. many times. Yeah, you're like it's happened many times. Yeah. And it does happen. So what do you do? Like, when that does happen to you, especially in this business, you know? Yeah. Do you call her? Is there something that you personally do that helps you to kind of regain and regroup? What do you do? Um, Definitely. I think I hope for every actor that's out here uh, that they have somebody, whether it's family or a friend or a close person that they feel like they can trust that's grounded, that's not in the business. Because usually they can give you a perspective outside of it. I think once you are – if you're in the business, it's – you get lost in it and it's like you can sympathize with each other but when you have somebody that's outside of it they my sister's very grounded and very I I always think she should be a judge because she can strip not to be in a mean way but she can strip the emotion out of every situation Mm. and just see it as it is um and and I love going to her to ask for advice because I get you, you know we're we're as actors we are constantly on on a veil for our emotions. Mm-hmm. I need you to be sad. I need you to be happy. I need you to be jubilant. I need you to be uh, angry. And you have to be constantly emotional and available. And um, to be able to talk to somebody who isn't in that craft, 
it it really does ground you and she gives me a a sense of okay this is where you are um let's let's how how do we get across this situation and she'll always ask me because i i don't if if acting is not what you want to do 110 percent then don't do it because it's very mentally and physically draining but if you love it and you want it then you go for it and she'll always whenever i'm like this is it i've thrown in a towel i'm done i'm i i've sacrificed this and that and then she's like okay well do you want to give up plain plain blank like fine then give up just come home and or she'll say she'll say like okay so then then what are you what are you doing and it's just being called out for stuff like that then you suddenly realize for me personally i was just like you're right She's like, so you much rather go to work in corporate world than do this? And I'm like, no. Okay. Well, do you much rather do this than that? No. Well, then do you still love acting? Yes. Would you, would you, you know, do you think after all this time that it's worth giving up? No. Okay, then. And it's, it's just, you can't help it. You're so emotional and you're so, that years and years of sacrifice, <clears throat> it builds up. It really does help to have somebody who is grounded, who is not in that that can talk you down from that stress level and then put things into perspective. Like, is this what you want? Okay, then. What else is there? Just put away all the other crap. Do you love acting? Do you still want to do it? If the answer is yes, then what are you complaining about? Mm -hmm. So, and then that's it. And then I'm like, you're right. (laughs) You're right. You're right. I'm going to keep trucking and I'm going to go back and I'm going to Go to, I'm going to go to class on Tuesdays, and I'm going to be available. Yeah. I'll be available for all <laughs> yeah. four of the commercials. Yes. I'll be, I'll be available. I'm available. Yeah. I'll just do it. You know, she's because she lives such a, 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 a quote-unquote normal life. She's got this gorgeous house in Dallas, husband, two kids, a dog, you know. Well, that's the American dream right there. Yeah, you know, like... Not say not, not th- but you know, like they want to buy a car, they buy a car. They want to buy two cars, mm-hmm. they just bought two cars, a house, spent a whole lot of money decorating all new. Inter- and I'm just like, well, good for you. Got good, it. Good job. <sighs> Oops. Oh, all right. We tapped out a periscope somehow. Maybe lost the signal, but we're going to continue. Yeah. We're still in the podcast uh, here. And then, uh, you know, you. Sorry, that kind of yeah threw you off. Yeah, threw me off. So, uh, point is, is that you know she's she's got this great life, and but it's normal. And she she tells me how all the time that she lives through me vicariously, and she mm. she loves hearing about my stories. And I've got you know dearest closest friends have known me you know fifteen years plus, and they're just like we're so proud of you. And it's like sometimes on my end, I'm like, yeah, it's thank you for you know telling me that I'm courageous for going out there and pursuing my dream, but it is. It is tough. It's like, because you can buy a plane ticket and go see your friends for their baby showers, for their weddings. And meanwhile, I have to scrape and or decline, you know, scrape for money to go and or decline because it's like, I can't afford that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And, um, it, but then my sister's like, you know, be grateful. You have a roof over your head. You have a dog. You, you, you can put food on your table. You're, you're not living on the street, Mm -hmm. you're pursuing your dream, you know, while we're here doing not even nine to five, like seven till six so that we can put our kids through school and buy this house and stuff like that. She's like, you, 
you know, you be grateful. Like you're you're doing something that you love. Do I love my job? No. Does it help me buy these things that you are that you think that I'm that I'm happy for? Yeah. She's like I'm happy because I have a great family, but you you're doing something that none of us gets to. Mm -hmm. So be grateful for that. And I think that's the thing. It's like to persevere, you have to be grateful every day for what you have now. Not don't regret, not like, oh, but I wish I had this and I wish I had that. You know what? We can, we all wish for something. Even the richest person, the happiest, no, actually the happiest person is content with what they have and that's why they're happy. Mm -hmm. So that's it. Yeah. So I think it's be grateful. Be grateful that you have that one audition. Be grateful that you have a callback. Be grateful that you have an avail. Be grateful that you book, no matter how big or how small the project. Be grateful you can go to class if you are. And um, be grateful you have and I hope you do have friends out here in this city of angels. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so when did you get motivated or when did you say that I want to pursue acting as a career and this is my life now? Uh, it was actually in 2007. It was funny because I just turned a certain age. Ah, it doesn't <laughs> matter. Ah, I just turned 26. And um, a, a, one of my really great friends, uh, Ginny Smith, she got me a book called The Alchemist by Paulo Coelho. Mm -hmm. And obviously that book can mean, you know, zilch to you. But for me at that moment in my particular life, I was working the corporate world. I was making a lot of money for somebody who was in their mid-20s. And I was miserable. I was soulless. Mm. I felt empty. I felt like nothing. I felt like this huge void. I was so miserable that I quit my job three months after reading that book. Cause that book said you, your life purpose, you, you know what it is. And once you, once you find out what it is that your life purpose is what you're supposed to do, the universe will conspire to make it happen, but you have to acknowledge it. And for me, immediately the first thing that popped in my head was acting. Mm. And how I've always had a love for acting, performing. Not so much acting, just performing. And um, I was doing it in college. I was doing it in high school. You know, just always something on the side, like as a hobby. I, you know, as a cheerleader, you're performing. And um, in college, I went to a technical school. I went to Georgia Tech, studied computer science, zero theater. But yet there was some theater. And then I got, I, I loved it so much that after I graduated, I studied at the Alliance Theater in Atlanta. And... It just it was always on the side. And then I moved to Austin, Texas for my job, my corporate job, and um, got that book. And it just made sense to me. Three months later, I quit. Told my dad over Thanksgiving that I was moving out to L.A. And um, he, he helped me move out to L.A. on December 9th, 2000. And what, what, what year was that? 2000. Nine? 2000. Yeah, it was 2009. Okay, yeah. I was trying to match that because you said 2006 is when you got the book. Or uh, 2000, no, two, maybe it was, sorry, my years are off. Sorry, I got the book in 2008. Okay. Sorry, I got the book in 2008. I moved December 9th of 2008. So I, I was technically in LA, I would say 2009 was when, you know, yeah. So I got the book in 2008, my bad. Yeah. 07 was when I moved to Austin. Yeah, so that's when you moved to Texas. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so when you told your dad, yeah, <laughs> I was like, what was, what was his reaction? Oh, great. You're going to drop this corporate job. You're making great money. 
go ahead and go to LA and we don't even know what you got planned out. So what was that reaction? I just need a pre before I, I need a predicate preface with, preface with the fact that my my dad um said that he would only pay for college if I went to the college he wanted me to go to and study the major he wanted me to study, which was Georgia Tech computer science. Now I told him I wanted to be a journalist and he laughed. And he's like, so, that's cute. So you're going to Georgia Tech. Right. So, um, I, and the fact that after I graduated, I try to be this good Chinese daughter. My dad is, comes from a military, like his, my grandfather was a general. My great grandfather was a general. My father served in the army, but he wasn't like a military person, but he was, he's, that has that mentality, very engineering. He has an engineering background and he's now, you know, he's the global VP of operations for his company. So he's very A to B, B to C, C to D, like very linear. Mm -hmm. And, um, he was, I was, he was very proud when I graduated and, you know, I was going down the path that he had wanted for me. I was his, like his, his golden child. And then um, when I told him that I had left the company, he thought that I was considering on leaving the company. Mm. And then I had actually already left three months before. I had mm. moved out of Austin, moved out to Dallas, back home. Uh, I moved in with my sister for a little bit to save up money. And um, so when he showed up Thanksgiving and I was like, oh, I quit in September, he was like, oh, wait, you're thinking about it. I was like, no, I, I I quit, and he was devastated. Um, it was like fallen from heaven, and he was just, uh, he I don't know, he didn't understand, but he, at the time, he was very cooperative. He was like, all right, well, you said you're going to do it for a year. <laughs> you, <laughs> no, sorry. Years later. It, that one year turned into six. We're going on year seven now already, and uh, he's, He's become more understanding. I don't want to give. I don't. I do want to give my father credit because he has become more understanding. But he just doesn't understand. A lot of us out here, while we're pursuing the career, uh, you take up a lot of side jobs. Um, and I, I picked up waitressing. I was a. I've. I've been a server in a numerous amount of restaurants mm -hmm. and nightclubs. And um, he hates that. Mm. He. That's the part he hates. It's. He's like, you have a computer science degree from Georgia Tech. What are you doing serving chicken wings and beer to mm -hmm. people? Like, what did all that college tuition that I paid for go towards? And I'm like, Dad, you have to see the bigger picture. It's for acting. He's like, well, I don't – have you made any progress in acting? Mm -hmm. Where are you from day one to year six? Where's, and I just, they don't understand, you know, when casting directors kind of know you by name and it's like, that's like huge. And yet he's just like, wow, it's been six years. So a casting director knows your name. Great. Love it. So yeah, uh, let's just say he's not gun ho My mom, on the other hand, she's very, um, my mom and my sister, they're very supportive. So what are your, what are your thoughts or advice for people that are in maybe a situation that you're in that have those parents that say, you need to do this. You got to go do A and then you do B and then you get C and then that's the rest of your life. But they have this something else inside of them living in Montana, yep. living in Texas, yep. saying like, no, I want to do acting. I want to do directing. I want to do music. I want to be a singer. Right. What would you say to them? Uh, your parents, at the end of the day, want you to be happy. 
that's the thing. It's they just want you to be happy. They they care for you. They love you. They want the best for you. So of course they don't want to see you suffer. But uh, my my way of getting out from it was not taking any financial support from my parents. I think that's the biggest thing. It's because as long as you're under their financial support or you gain any kind of support from them, n- not like encouragement, but just tangible support from them, you you can't help but feel that guilt, that tie to them, that umbilical cord that you you can't cut. Get your get your stuff together. Like, save up money and or not go balls out. If you're gonna be in Los Angeles, it's not about oh I need to have I need to be able to drive a, a Mercedes and live in a Mm-mm. fat condo. And no, you if you love this craft and you love this art and you love what you do, you just need enough to get by. Like this is Los Angeles. There's if you don't want to hustle and you don't want to go put 110 percent out there for it, then yeah, you want to play safe. Stay in Montana. Don't come out here. This is not the place for you. I'm not even joking. Like, I'm not saying this place is cutthroat and they're going to, somebody's going to pee all over your face. No, it's, <laughs> that's <laughs> really vivid. That's <laughs> really extreme. No, it's not, it's never going to be like that. But it's like, if you're not ready to, to be able to put, go through some grit, you know, it's a little gritty sometimes and you have to be strong. And if you have people that can support you and that, encourage you to do this great but if you have parents that are not 110 percent supportive of you doing this but you love it trust me it's scary because you're like i don't want to disappoint them i'm chinese i have very conservative parents and i feel like i just point them every single day of my life mm-hmm. but i know that they love me mm-hmm. and they just want the best for me and that's what drives me and and if anything i just want to prove to them that you did not um that i'm happy and that that's what's important and to be happy for me in this pursuit of making my dream a reality mm-hmm. and yeah that's all i can say it's it's fear at the end of the day it's fear that holds you back and if you talk to them openly vulnerably and just honestly don't don't bs be honest, 110% honest, and be truthful to yourself. Is this really what you want to do? And are you willing to sacrifice holidays, birthdays, showers, um, you know, a whole bunch of stuff? You know, spending family time with your, you know, going out, all this stuff. Like, if you're willing to say sacrifice all that, then, then yeah, then, then maybe you do have, you know, the passion for it. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that it is for everyone, but that is personally for me. Yeah. Now I know another thing that what parents and family want mm-hmm. is for people to get married oh, yeah, and yeah, have yeah, kids. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> uh, so is there subject. is there a potential? Is there someone that you're seeing? Is there a date? Are you dating anyone right now? No. Uh, that's a big fat no and it's uh, a big fat no now I mean obviously you're still you know you're doing your career is that right. something are you interested are you oh no definitely dating? uh yes uh uh jeez I really don't like talk you meet great people mm-hmm. uh Los Angeles dating in Los Angeles is is a bit harder in the essence of I me personally I think what I'm attracted to is intelligence Mm-hmm. Um, I went to a school filled with some of the most brilliant minds and um, not saying that Los Angeles lacks that, but 
let's just say education is not a priority. It's more art and uh, creativity and thinking outside the box and not saying that an intelligence doesn't go hand in hand, but uh, it's, it's not as, and there's a lot of beautiful people. And sometimes when you're beautiful, you don't have to be smart and you encounter more of that than the other. <laughs> Sounds like there's a bad date in there too. I'm uh, like, cause that kind of can lead into, it seems like you've had a, a bad date out here. Uh, we don't a, even, not a. You know, I like, wait was, a minute. There's a book. Like, you're like, like I've written a book about bad dates. So tell us one. Oh God. Oh my. Yes. Oh no, I'm not. No. We, okay. We don't. No. I don't want names. Oh no, don't no get, names. But it's it's yeah. hilarious. It's literally. I can't believe I did this to this person, and then I called this person a crazy person. Um, <laughs> Give but, us the story. No. No. Uh, well, okay. Uh, so... Well, that's insane. Don't... I don't want... You know, we don't need to give their name. Or oh, the no, no. There's no names, yeah. but it's just... It makes me sound like I'm the crazy one. Uh, so the very, very first date I ever been on out here in Los Angeles, uh, I just moved out here. It was in December, like mm-hmm. I said, beginning... December 9th or whatever. And, um, I booked a, uh, like, a, a, a the new 902 I know promo thing. And, um, you know, it's just a bunch, you know how it is with CW. It's just a bunch of young, pretty people. Mm-hmm. So I'm on the set. Um, and, uh, uh, one of the guys that I end up meeting on the set was like, oh, you know what? I'm also going to be here over Christmas time. I think it would be nice if, you know, we're not both alone. And especially since I know nobody at all, mm-hmm. not a single person out here. I was more than happy to say, yeah, let's, let's meet up. And, um, he, we ended up meeting near where I lived at the time. And, um, I, I'm a, I'm a pescatarian, so I don't eat meat. And I thought I told him that, but when we met up at the restaurant, he had ordered some chicken lettuce cups. Now, obviously I can't eat that. And he's like, oh, well, you could just pick out the chicken. I'm like, that's not how it works. I just, I don't eat meat, period. And he's like, and it would still have the meat. I know. Like, it was so weird. Essence of an on the lettuce cup. Right. So instead of being nice, like, well, would you want to order something else to eat? Um, he continued eating and then just, uh, but he did buy me a drink or two. And so all I had that night was drinks, no food. And then we went to another Mexican restaurant near, uh, down the street and we took tequila shots. And um, I'm going to jump forward and then. Go back and then rewind the story. I let's. I remember taking tequila shots and then I wake up in my bed. Everything seems fine. Now I would like to also say that this is now Christmas Eve. So we met up on Christmas Eve Eve on December twenty okay, third. Okay. Now when I wake up, it's Christmas Eve. Okay. Oh God. Uh, <laughs> so far, I hear a lot of alcohol in this story. Um, it's already seeming like it's going downhill. Continue. Okay. <laughs> so, um, uh, I, I have I see a note next to me that says, "Call me when you wake up." Name. I'm not gonna say. The yeah, name. whatever okay. his name is. No, it was. No, a, no, I just said. Oh, it, yeah, whatever. I'm saying, sign whatever his sign name. Sign this person. Sign name. a name. But the the name was not the name of the person I went out with. Oh. Yes. <laughs> so, uh, so let's just say name one, name two. Name one is the name on the on the paper. Name two is the person I went out on a date with. Yeah. And um, guy one, guy two. Right. Yeah. So I was like, who is name one? Huh? I'm confused. And then uh, I checked my email, and my ex boyfriend, who I haven't spoken to in three years, has 
sent me an email on Christmas Eve, let me just remind you, it's not spoken in three years, saying, hey, if you're looking for our dog, Lady, we, if you're looking for Lady, uh, just want to let you know uh, that she is down the street with your neighbor by this name, and this is her phone number. Mm-hmm. And uh, we haven't spoken in three years. And he says, hey, just I, I want to let you know this is where your dog is. Wait, what? Where is my dog? Why? But my dog was next to me, so I was really confused. Like, why would this The person... dog that he's telling you about is right next to you. Right. So she's not at the neighbor's house. No. But the thing is, what had happened, so let me... What had happened is, now, name two calls me, and it's like, hey, I left my car in that neighborhood. I'm going to come by and pick it up. Do you mind if I also swing by and talk to you? And I was like, of course. And um, when name two shows up, he's like, hey, just so that you know, this is what happened yesterday slash this morning. He's like, after we took some shots, all of a sudden you uh, run out of the restaurant. Oh, God. I ha- but you forgot your purse, so I'm chasing after you to try to give you back your purse. But you're running down the street screaming rape. Uh, oh, gosh. Uh, and then your neighbors come out because they hear you screaming rape at 2 a.m. on Christmas Eve (laughs) and I'm chasing after you so they stop me obviously and wants to protect you and then I'm trying to explain to them that you're just really intoxicated but I have your purse I'm just trying to give back to you they're like okay well we don't really trust you why would she scream this crazy thing so they're like I think she's the girl that just moves in across the street so they take me to my place but when they unlock the door my dog runs out and runs down the street Mm. Um, now at the time I had not changed her collar with the tag, which had my ex-boyfriend's phone number on there. And so things are now kind of making sense. Got it. Ex-boyfriend, phone number, neighbor finds my dog, God. calls it. Uh, now, I just want to remind you, he lives in Atlanta, so she calls him on Christmas Eve at 2 a.m., which is 5 a.m. for him on Christmas Eve, to say that my dog is with her. Oh and she, he's like, who, what? Los Angeles. I haven't heard from this person. I didn't even know she moved out to Los Angeles. Um, yeah. Wow. Uh, this is just getting worse and worse. Anyway, but the thing is, long story short, after I did this to this person, so, oh yeah, name one was actually, I thought name, I thought the name was Wes, W-E-S, but it was actually Inez, I-N-E-S. But the way that they wrote it, it looked like it was oh, it wet. Like- so it was actually my neighbor, Inez, from across Got the street. It. It's a girl and her husband. <clears throat> okay. So, but the thing is, the guy that I did go out on a date with, he, I did this horrible thing to him that I, if I were this, if I had gone on a date and this had happened to me, I would be like, okay, delete, don't ever call me, don't ever, I don't want to see you. If I even run, run across you in the street, I'm going to go the other way. But this person was like, you know what? Uh, I have a cousin. She's kind of crazy like that. She gets really drunk, too. You want to go on a second date? No. Now, me, who was the horrible person, in my sane mind, I think you have to be crazy to think (laughs) that what I did to you was okay. Yeah. So, therefore, I will not go on a second date with you because you're crazy. So you didn't go on a second date with him because you thought he was crazy for wanting to go on a second date with you because yes. you were crazy. Yes. Be- wouldn't that's you th- crazy. Exactly. I'm like, but that's just crazy. I mean, because wouldn't you, th- like, if anyone did that to me, I'm just thinking, like, if I were in his shoes, I would be like, you're cra- you're bat 
you're bat crazy. You know, yeah, yeah. We can, yeah, we can sing shit. Okay. No, no. You're batshit crazy. Yeah. Like, I, oh my gosh, like, holy crap. But yet, uh, he was like, you know what, I, I have somebody that I know that's kind of crazy like that. This isn't the first time. This isn't my first rodeo. And I was like, whoa, you've seen some crazy stuff. And I just moved here from Dallas. Like, I can't handle this. I can't handle crazy that's stuff. That's funny. Yeah. But you know what? That doesn't really make you look. That story, <laughs> I'm 99.9% sure that people have had drunken nights. Oh, yeah. Or situations where they're like, okay, that was, you know, been there, done that. But in a different version. You know, because pretty much what sums up, eat before you drink. Yeah, exactly. That's there we the go. moral of the story. Is if you're going to drink alcohol, eat. Eat, eat. yeah. Eat uh, food. So once again, I blame him also for not feeding me. He should have fed you. It's exactly. his fault. Exactly. It's his fault. And he was The man's always wrong. Exactly. Sorry for the men that are listening. But are <laughs> like, dang, at the end, I'm not listening anymore. Yeah. No, but, you know, should have ate some food. If you yeah. eat food, then yeah. you wouldn't well, be screaming. I just, I mean, we were meeting at a restaurant. I thought I was going to get fed. Uh, who knew that he was like, here's some out, here's some drinks. And instead of feeding you, I'm going to take you to another place and serve you tequila shots. It's like, so. no, instead of this is the appetizer, which is a drink. Yeah. And then your entree is another drink. And exactly. then, oh, by the way, we need desserts at a right. Mexican restaurant called tequila. Yeah. So. And I'm a small Asian female. It, it, I try to pretend like I can like go toe to toe with like yeah. anybody on drink. No, I can't. No. I, two shots and I'm out. And just passed out. Yeah. Like, oh, Linda. Wait, there no, she goes. She's, she's sleeping. Out. I can. She's out. I will literally just sleep on a stool. I could be sitting on a stool and I will just pass out on a stool. Megan's seen it. So funny. I think I have seen Megan's that Megan's seen it. So, yeah. <laughs> yes, good old drunken night. Yeah. So I think we may be uh, wrapping up a little bit. But before mm-hmm. we go out, tell us what is success for you in this, in this business? When do you feel like I am happy? You know, obviously mm-hmm. after that, it's like, okay, I'm done. Yes. You know, when do you feel like you are content with yourself and happy in your career? I think for me, I'm, st- I'm still striving to get better in the craft. Uh, and <clears throat> I think the end goal for me personally is to be able to sustain a comfortable lifestyle um, while being a full-time actor. No more side jobs. No more, you know, uh, half chiropractor, half real estate agent, half Mm -hmm. waitress slash actor. Just, and then be an actor, be happy with the roles that I'm able to get, be content, be, and I think that for me would be success, is to achieve pure happiness without that void of, oh, I I haven't gotten there 110% yet. No, I think as long as I can make a, good, comfortable living, just doing acting, I think that for me is success. Whether or not people know me by name or not, that's not the end goal for me. My end goal is um, one day have a family, be able to still pursue acting, do acting, make a living out of it, and um, that's, I think that's success. That's success and happiness all in one for me. Good. Good. Yeah. So for those that are listening, and then well, I would say for those from Periscope, I didn't get back on. Um, so for those that are listening <laughs> and on social media, where can they find you, follow you, what's your stuff? Okay, so uh, if you if you want to follow me on um, on in, on sorry, if you want to follow me on Facebook, it's Linda Kang, L I N D A K A N G, first and last name. Uh, you'll find my Facebook uh, actress webpage, and you'll also find my blogger webpage. Uh, Kanthropology on Facebook. Um, and then you can also go to my website, 
uh, lindacane.com. Very easy. Just first and last name again, dot com. Mm-hmm. And that's my website. And then you, you'll know, you can contact me. Um, my agents are all listed on there. Uh, I'm a bit more private when it comes to giving out my personal email and yeah. stuff like that. Oh, don't, don't uh, do that. No, definitely. And then, I don't even do that. <laughs> uh, but on blogging, I know a lot of people uh, on my fashion blog, leave a comment. Like, I, I respond back to everything. Um, mm-hmm. And hopefully it's n- nice comments. I hate it when it's haters. Mm. Uh, you know, just people of all shapes and sizes. People dress one way or another. Just... Whether, if you agree, you agree. If you don't, you know, then you don't. But you don't have to leave a nasty person, you know, message or anything like that. Just be nice. Be kind. That's the thing. Mm-hmm. Just be a good human. Be kind. It takes so much effort to be mean. Just be kind and you'll feel better, feel, feel better, live better, eat better, sleep better. Uh... The golden rule. If you don't yeah. have something nice to say, don't say nothing. Don't, don't, don't say anything. He said, "Don't say nothing." Don't say nothing at <laughs> don't all. Don't say nothing. <laughs> don't say nothing at all. Yes. That's that country. Don't say nothing. <laughs> Sorry, that's a little bit of Atlanta coming out. Maybe. Yeah. Oh. Uh. Yeah. Just. Uh. That's all. What I would say. So yeah. LindaCane.com. Canethropology.com. Uh. And that's my blogger. And you'll find me on Instagram. Canethropology. Uh, and that's my fashion blogging. And uh, you can go to my website, and it has all my contacts and stuff. Sounds good. And I'll go ahead and throw mine out there. So, obviously, if you're, well, I keep saying Periscope, but it shut down. And what goes to show you, technology fails sometimes. <laughs> but um, on Periscope and Twitter, I'm Bacon, Eaton, Megan. So, Bacon, just like the word, Eaton, no G, Megan, M-E-G-A-N. And then on Instagram, it's Megan, M-E-G-A-N, the letter A. And then Weaver, just like the word, Facebook. Uh, fan page, I am Megan Weaver, same spelling, and I want to say that is it. There's so many. I know. And, I'm not, and I don't do email. I'm like, yeah. you, if you want to contact me, you can do it through, I have Facebook Messenger, and then Messenger, my uh, Facebook fan page, and also oh. if you guys have questions, I know um, I'll do it live on Periscope, but if you guys have any questions that you want to hear you know, industry questions, you know, I, I don't know my next guest sometimes ahead of time. Sometimes I do. Uh, well, actually for this week, the week after for Lindis, it's going to be a director and a writer. So if you have any of those questions in reference to that field of the business, feel free to Facebook me those. Or I guess Instagram you can direct message to. Yeah. So any, any one of those social medias, I check those. So thank you guys for listening. Hope you were inspired. Hopefully you got some good laughs, enjoyed, learned, listened, and made some choices and adjustments. Maybe we'll, someone will make a change in their life because of this podcast. You never know. Yeah. Thank you guys for listening. And until next time, bye. Bye.